Hello and welcome to the latest episode of the Racing Pod Blast with me, Tony Mack, and Ben Aiken from Narrowing the Field. Welcome along, everyone. Uh, we're off to Ascot this weekend with a King George meeting coming under analysis from us. And uh, starting with the Valiant Stakes, then moving on to the always competitive International Stakes before rounding things out with the big race itself, the 2023 renewal of the King George VI. So uh, let's get things started. Coverage of the Valiant Stakes due off at 2.25 Saturday at Ascot. Ben, uh, welcome along, mate. And uh, can you start us off with that one? Yeah, Tony, I can indeed. Uh, Valiant Stakes are a bit like you were one of the races last week, Tony. I had a, a shortlist for this midweek of about six or seven. Uh, now the final decks are through. There's only two of them <laughs> confirmed. Uh, and that two being Vetiver and Thornbrook. Vetiver, he holds, or she, sorry, it's a Phillies race, Phillies and Mayors. Uh, Vetiver holds group two entries later in the season. And his connections clearly expect her to have plenty more to offer. And she is coming in off a clear best effort after winning a listed contest at Carlisle. She wore a tongue tie for the first time that day and that did seem to unlock some improvement from her. Uh, she's also three from three on right-handed tracks while she's been beaten both times she's gone left-handed so right-handed tracks may just be her preference and if you look at three-year-olds that won over seven furlongs to a mile last time out and had six or less career starts you see they have won eight of the 16 Valiant Stakes where they've had qualifiers. So it's another positive there for Vetiver. And uh, Thornbrook, the other on my shortlist, comes here offering a listed race in France. She only had to be driven out on her hands and heels that day, uh, and that's despite not getting the smoothest of passages in the close, closing stages. So she's probably had plenty more up her sleeve than uh, the winning distance suggests. Uh, William Buick comes in for the ride this time, and this will be only his seventh ride for Joey O'Brien uh, in the UK and Ireland anyway. So it's certainly an interesting booking from O'Brien for Thornbrook. Uh, not real race. I'm looking to overcomplicate, if I'm honest, so I'd be happy to play both Vetiver and Thornbrook in this. Tony, what you got for the Valiant Stakes? <laughs> exactly the same, mate. Exactly Thanks the same. <laughs> uh, ten runners, and uh, we come down on the same two. Yeah, I've got Thornbrook for Joseph O'Brien, uh, good old Joey, and uh, and William Buick, whose uh, who's agent will be looking uh, to make some more <laughs> Yep. <laughs> might cheer him up a bit uh, they, and uh, also uh, Vativa as well as a decent price co- couple of each ways there uh, Thornbrook likely raced this term winning a listed race in France at the beginning of the month and possibly winning a little cheekily in the process highly tried last term in group one and group two company but failing to come up to scratch but uh, could make her mark in this company and uh, Vativa start of the season winning at Beverly uh, in April, before winning a listed contest at uh, Carlisle uh, when last seen last month, uh, deserves a chance at this level and could outrun her odds of around 12 to 1 at the minute. 8 to 1 at Thornbrook and Vativa, 12 to 1. A couple of each ways. We're both going for the same there. Nothing wrong with that. Uh, straight on to the 3 o'clock at Ascot. It's the International Stakes Class 2 over seven furlongs. Uh, here we go, Ben, off to uh, off to Ascot for the international stakes with... Uh, I've lost how many runners? How many runners have we got in that? 
20 it's a bumper, isn't it? 27. 27, yeah. yeah. Just a big field straight track blast, which just the kind of race we do love getting stuck into, Tony. Oh, yeah. Um, plenty of solid race trends to get stuck into in this one. Uh, the following being four of the strongest I've plugged in for the race. 15 of the last 15 winners were aged four to seven. 13 of the last 15 were aged four or five. 15 of the last 15 had previously run at least once at Ascot. 15 of the last 15, they were all running off the same handicap mark or no more than five pounds higher than their last run. And the last 15 were returning off breaks of seven to 42 days. Now, those four trends would have chopped the field roughly in half the last 15 years. So they are they're a great starting point we're looking to narrow the, the international field. Right, I'll will um I'll post those four trends on the free blog later on, my free blog NTF, um just for anyone that wants a, a recap of them. My own shortlist for the international would be somewhere along the lines of Biggles, Montasib, Vafortino, Northern Express and Fresh. And I'd also add Ropey Guest to that list. Uh, he does fall down on a couple of trends, but I thought he, you know, a big race last time out, Ropey Guest. Um, this is a race I'll be covering in plenty depth for my full subscriber, so I might add to the shortlist once I've completed my full analysis, but those six I just mentioned are where my head is at just now. On the, the pace side of things, doesn't actually look to be all that many potential front runners in the field. It might just fall to Mr. Bluebird from stall nine and Nizaka from stall three to set the early fraction. So might just give a bit of a, a pace draw advantage to the bottom third, bottom half of the draw. A big goes and fresh from my shortlist. They're drawing the bottom third. So a potential positive for them there. Vafortina and Montesib, they are closer to the middle, stalls 12 to 13. I think they should be okay from there as well. Should be able to hook on to the early pace. A big old he's one I noted running well from a poor draw in the Buckingham Palace Stakes at Royal Ascot. Uh, a badly drawn horse to follow for me, he was. So I was delighted to see him win next time out in the Bunbury Cup. And he's two pounds well in for this race on official ratings because he carries a penalty, but he's actually went up five pounds, but it's only a three pound penalty. So no surprise to see Biggles run well again here at Ascot. At fresh. Of course, he won this race last year of a £3 lower mark. But he has won off a higher mark uh, than the one he runs off on Saturday. So he is handicapped to go well again. And he is also very, very much a lover of Ascot. Uh, and Ascot handicaps of marks of 102 or less. He's three wins, five places from 10 runs. I actually also marked him down as a badly drawn horse to follow. From the Wokingham Stakes last time out, thought he ran a, a massive race from a, a tricky draw that day. So, fresh is another high in my thoughts. But the one I'm going to put up here in the pod, Tony, I am going to look at one at a bigger price, and that's Montasib, who is currently trading at around 18 to 1, 20 to 1. Now, he's been relatively well fancied on both his last two starts uh, in the Bunbury Cup and the Buckingham Palace Stakes. But he's been poorly drawn both of those runs. And I think he's better judged on his win at Newmarket three starts back. It's a run where he, he fired in a big career best effort on the figures. 
And I don't think his current mark of 102 is beyond him. If you look at Montesib, over six or seven furlongs on tracks with undulations, you find he has four wins, two places from eight starts. The only two times he's failed to the least place has been those last two starts where he's been poorly drawn. So I do think Montesib is uh, overpriced and he at least has the potential to outrun his odds. Hopefully, can grab a place. Five, I think there's five or six places are paid by plenty. Some might even pay seven. So, Montesib as a overpriced one each way for me. Tony, what have you got? Yeah, seven with a couple of uh, firms, or well, one firm anyway, and a couple of paying six. Uh, that's in- interesting on Montesib there, uh, Ben, because uh, one of the key races is the Bunbury Cup and uh, also the Royal Hunt Cup as well at Ascot, uh, a couple of key races. Uh, the Rafe Beckett pair, Biggles and Baradar from either side of the track catch the eye here for me, Ben. Uh, Biggles, winner over a similar trip, beat Ropey Guest uh, by two lengths two weeks ago, and... Uh, at Newmarket in the Bunbury Cup, a major key race, as I say, uh, for runners coming into this contest. Uh, so, you, again, listeners can have a look at what ran and if they were drawn on the on the other side of the uh, negative side of uh, the Ascot track uh, last time in the, in the uh, Bunbury Cup. So, as in Montesib, you've, you've done the same with Mont- Montesib. Biggles carries an extra £3, but has uh, Ryan Moore once again booked to ride here, which is interesting for me. And Baradar ran no sort of race, finishing 19th of 29 in the Buckingham Palace Stakes at Royal Ascot when last seen in June. Uh, I can I can give him another chance. I was going to suggest uh, Vafortino, but claimers have a, an absolutely appalling record in this race, so I may leave him and go for Takarig, Takarib Bay for trainer Richard Hannon, running the listed Doncaster Mile in April and has raced just once since Newmarket uh, later the same month. Not seen since. Uh, fitness can be only taken on trust, but uh, could run a big race, Takarib Bay, at uh, at juicy odds there. So we've got uh, Biggles and Baradar be playing those two, and also Takarib Takarib Bay at a bigger price uh, for trainer Richard Hannon. In the uh, international stakes, which is off at three o'clock, moving quickly on to the big race of the weekend, 3.40 at Ascot, King George VI, Group 1, over one mile, four furlongs. I always remember this as growing up as, as well, uh, over the years and the sun was always shining I was watching it on the telly when I used to watch it on BBC with Peter O'Sullivan commentating and the sun was always shining not much chance of that uh, Ben but uh, what chances have uh, some of the runners got? Yeah not, not great weather right now um, but this uh, King George had the potential to be outstanding in New at the five-day stage final excellent, and I still think that stands true I think it's some real heavyweights button heads here so glad to see the declarations held up at the the final stage also another race I would have with some solid trends to go to war with the following three race trends should help listeners narrow the field Uh, the last 15 all had previously won at group 1 or group 2 level 12 of them had previously won at group 1 level Uh, last 15 had all ran in a group 1 or group 2 over one mile, two furlongs to one mile, four furlongs last time out. And 15 of 15 had no more than 17 career starts. Now, I'd be looking at a short list for this of Augusto Rodin, Emily Upjohn, King of Steel, and Westover. Now, three of them are near or at the head of the market. Um, no out and out favourite, really, at the, the time of recording. All looks very tight, which you'd expect given 
the sort of talent that is lining up in this. And Westover is the one of the four I mentioned that isn't near the top end of the market. And I thought I wouldn't have expected him to be challenging for favoritism or anything. I do think the 16 to 1 about him looks on the generous side. Um, he was stuffed out of sight in the King George last year when sent off his favourite and he was beaten by Emily Upjohn at Epsom in the Coronation Cup last month. Again, when sent off his favourite. But both those runs came on good to firm. Um, there's only two runs so far on good to firm. And I think the ground is a legitimate excuse for both those efforts. And he's a better horse away from good to firm. He comfortably won a, a group one in France last time out. He posted a clear best RPR figure in the process. And I think he's got a better chance than the 16-1 price tag suggests. He could be an interesting one for each an each-way play Westover. Emily up John, she also ran in the race last year. She was beaten even further than, than Westover, but she um, she's put a run behind her since she's landed two group ones, including one over the King George course and distance. And I thought her close second in the Eclipse last time out. Well, that was quite a high level performance. Uh, she had to give weight to Paddington over a trip that probably isn't where she's at her best. So she'll appreciate this step back up to one mile four, and I do quite like Emily Upjohn's chances. And that leaves the two three year olds on my shortlist. Um, Auguste Rodin and King of Steel obviously both closely matched through the Derby having, um, and both having won group races since. Now, Auguste Rodin, clearly a high-class colt, but that run in the Irish Derby last time out did just leave a little bit of a question mark for me. Um, it did seem to take a bit of time just to properly hit top gear, kind of fully knuckle down to his task and he obviously had the, uh, the advantage of a bunch of stable mates around on that day, all kind of saying to him, go on, boy, after you, lads, come on, you can do it, come on, let's go. You know, he would probably have won that race anyway, regardless of what else was going on in the race, but doesn't, I don't know, he's not going to have the luxury of having time to find top gear in this race. Um, you'll need to hit all the markers at the right time, you know, not kind of be fiddling about looking for the gears, so I'm a little bit unsure about August Rodin, if I'm honest. Now, very, very much has the potential to be the best horse in this race. Absolutely. Just have a little couple of reservations about him right now. So I'm sure on August Rodin. And that leaves the King of Steel as the other on my shortlist. Now, he was very, very impressive from winning King Edward at Royal Ascot last time out. Um, horses that finished in the top three in a Group 1 or Group 2 Royal Ascot last time out and started at 6-1 to one or less in the King George. They've got a record of 10 wins and 11 places from 33 qualifying horses. 31% strike rate, a 66% winning place strike rate. They've won 10 of the last 21 King Georges where there's been a qualifier. The King of Steel, he does look like a horse with huge amounts to offer. He's He's been the one, um, he would be the one near the head of the market that I'd be happiest back in, King of Steel, along with possibly Emily Upjohn. August Rodin, I'm just not sure about. Uh, if you, you know, I'm not going to be surprised if he wins, not at all, but I just don't think I'll be backing him. Someone not sitting right with me with August Rodin. So King of Steel and Emily Upjohn from the head of the market and Westover has a potential each way play for me as well. Tony, what have you got for Ooh, George? That was uh, that was wonderful actually. Well, well wonderful preview of uh, what a great race as well. And uh, uh, yeah I'm with you on King, King of Steel mate. Um I'm most uh, I'm fully with you on King of Steel. Um we were just wondering about 
the derby um, when he when they were all disappointed, weren't they? Roger Vary and Kevin Stock were disappointed. And I, I actually think that there was a bit of confusion on TalkSpot with uh, whether they were disappointed that they were only beaten half a length or when actually they, they knew they had a good horse. They yeah, knew King yep. of Steel, what was Kim, King of Steel was capable of. And I think it was that because that was that was shown up when one last time out when the King Edward VII stakes. And I think the after the derby... Uh, body language and all that wasn't that they were beaten half a length it was because they know how good this horse is uh, a massive uh, beast of a horse he is as well um, so yeah I'm going August Rodin. I can't have Hookham um, not having Hookham uh, Futurity Stakes winner last October August Rodin Derby winner winner of the Irish Derby last time uh, beating eight rivals one and a half lengths um, and I think he can once again get the better of King of Steel. But uh, King of Steel, I'm going to be dutching the pair of them on Saturday. Uh, King of Steel landed the spoils in the Group 2. King Edward the seventh stakes uh, over course and distance last month, smashing five opponents by three and a half lengths. Any negatives from those two, possibly pile driver, who I think you can expose faults of any horse, to be honest with you, pile driver, the way he's running at the moment, uh, with the six-year-old liable to run another gutsy race, winner of the Group 2, Hardwick State at Royal Ascot, and a major that's a major key race for runners coming into the King George, the Hardwick Stakes. And uh, Luxembourg, for each way, hunters really, Ben. Um, you just can't uh, keep out the, uh, the Aidan O'Brien outsiders as big a price as they are. Uh, a couple of weeks ago, I landed the... In the Irish Derby, the uh, I told you, didn't I? I was I was watching mm-hmm. the third. You watching? <laughs> you watching August Rodin, weren't you? Um, and uh, Adelaide River, uh, and I was watching what was coming into third because I had the first two. I wasn't bothered about that. And uh, we we got the uh, the third, the big price uh, third, which landed a, a bit of a juicy tricast when Covent Garden hit the frame at eighty to one. But uh, yeah, you just can't keep the uh, Aidan O'Brien outsiders out, and uh, I'd be having a little bit on. Very tiny bit, small stakes, uh, please gamble responsibly, etc. Uh, Luxembourg for each way hunters in the King George, but I think it's between Auguste Rodin and, uh, and King of Steel uh, on Saturday. So many thanks for listening, gang. Uh, thank you to uh, the, listening to the latest audition, edition, <laughs> audition of the uh, Racing Pod Blast. Some serious top class action for us all to get stuck into this Saturday. Hopefully we pointed... Uh, you towards a few winners or a few tasty priced each way horses uh, remember if you're in early rise you can catch me on Epic Radio weekdays between 5am and 7am and uh, and Shedot Radio between 7 and 9 busy busy boy and uh, with of course uh, Ben's 90s bangers each week on Shedot Radio uh, and remember if you uh, you can catch Ben over on narrowingthefield.co.uk where he'll have some glorious good one analysis available over the next few days uh, until then it's uh, until next time and it's thanks for us thanks for all the lovely comments as well that you're sending us uh, a big thanks for listening have a great weekend Ben you too Don and have a great weekend everybody else cheers now cheers.